everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will revisit the housing market, and for that, we are fortunate to have on the line with us John Wallachin, Real Estate and Lodging Analyst Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So, John, welcome back to Top of the Morning. Thank you for dropping by and looking forward to the conversation. Good morning, everybody, and thanks for having me, Dan. Absolutely. So, John, I know you authored a recent note, the title, great title, by the way, Real Estate Markets Focusing on the U.S. Housing Market, Interest Rates and Inflation, Oh My. Within that piece, you do cite how substantial upward pressure has been placed on monthly home payments. So, John, can you break out for us the scope of the impact and how we arrived here? The short answer is really twofold. Number one, uh, and this really started a few months into the pandemic back in 2020 when home prices really took off and have been on a basically an upward trajectory since then. Uh, and then in very short order, really beginning in, uh, in early 2022, we've seen a very substantial move up in uh, interest rates across the board. Uh, you know, everything ultimately centers around the 10-year Treasury, which has moved up very, very swiftly from a rate of, give or take, about 1.5% to uh, it's around, uh, I think it's about 275 this morning or so. Uh, and so that has had a pretty significant uh, move, uh, upward pressure on more mortgage rates uh, and ultimately on monthly payments. So that's sort of how we got there. It's uh, not not real complicated, but it has certainly thrown um, a a monkey wrench and a lot of questions uh, into the affordability question for housing. So, John, within the piece, you do mention the spike in both oil prices as well as food prices. I don't know about you. I know my wallet has felt that impact. I'm sure that is the case for many of our listeners as well. But can you put some numbers around? how those considerations factor in here? Yeah, well, having gone to the gas station yesterday, yeah, it, it is a little bit of sticker shock. Uh, so what I did was, uh, you know, everybody is rightfully focused on, you know, the rising uh, cost of home prices uh, and, and the impact of interest rates. But what we wanted to do was see, okay, if we held everything else constant, you know, there's a lot of different parts of inflation, but two things that virtually every household consumes uh, in this country is food uh, and energy. And we used as a substitute for energy gasoline, now recognizing not everybody drives. Uh, but nonetheless, so what we did was, in terms of gasoline, we just looked at sort of, we went to the AAA data and got the average annual miles driven. We made an assumption on miles per gallon. So this gave us, uh, you know, monthly gallons pursue, uh, consumed. And so we just looked at, you know, the incremental change on a national basis between where uh, gasoline prices were. Now, granted, we ran, this, uh, we ran this analysis about a month ago, and we could certainly update it, but the numbers will be close enough. Uh, and then for food, we looked at the average monthly basket that a, that a household consumes, and we got uh, da- data from the U.S. Department of Agriculture as you know to what you know um, what that size of that basket was and how prices have changed. So the bottom line here is holding everything else constant. Just that year-on-year increase in both food and gasoline prices, as of when we ran the analysis, is equivalent to either 
a 35 basis point increase in mortgage rates, or depending on whether one puts down 10% or 20% on the median priced home in the country, somewhere between an, uh, an additional home price of 20000 to $22,500. And that excludes any movement we're seeing in just interest rates or home prices. So, I mean, just it's it really was quite stunning when we ran this analysis. Uh, now, you know, the one thing I will say, we, we did get the inflation numbers yesterday, and, and while food and gasoline prices were elevated. And I don't think there's any surprise there. Uh, the note that uh, we put out this morning talking about the potential for maybe we've hit the peak in inflation uh, is, you know, it's, it's hard to say there's an incremental positive in, in seeing the inflation numbers. But if you really parse through the data, there, there were a few data points that maybe give us a little bit of comfort. But, you know, right now there are question marks certainly about energy and food. And irrespective of whether the Fed considers them, you know, core or non-core, they are parts of our, our everyday lives. Well, John, thank you for sharing that analysis and providing those takeaways. I'm curious, if you look across the U.S., which markets in particular across the country might be feeling the most impact from this all? Well, it's interesting. I mean, the obvious answer would be the, the most expensive markets in the country on a pure home price basis, and those would be your Northern California markets like San Jose, San Francisco, uh, you know, the Al- Oakland Alameda area, Napa County. You go to Southern California, you got LA, Orange County, San Diego, uh, Ventura County, uh, or if you go to Honolulu, these are some of the most expensive markets in the country. But a lot of these markets also have, uh, you know, number one, very high income levels, but number two, a lot of these markets have created a lot of wealth, uh, you know, via you know via venture capital or you know company stock options or what have you. So even though if you look at the data that we present and we show the incremental monthly payment, uh, de- and depending on where interest rates go, it will certainly be higher for these markets. I would I would almost say some of the markets that have felt really more pain are are some, are markets that have seen massive increases in home prices since 2019. And those are going to be markets like Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which, which I had the chance to visit last week. And A, it's a beautiful area, and B, there's been a lot of, a lot of housing development, a lot of people moving there. Uh, Portland, Oregon, uh, Tacoma, uh, not Tacoma, um, Spokane, Washington, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, where they've seen really massive home price increases, Austin, Texas, another market. And so while the absolute level of home prices is lower, uh, in these markets as compared to some of their, their coastal brethren, uh, this has been some sticker shock, particularly for the local residents. So, John, if we flip that same question, are there any markets that are less susceptible to rising interest rates? Yeah, and look, I, and, and this is all relative because we do have to take, uh, you know, uh, median uh, income into the equation. But there are markets where home prices are just outright lower um, you know, and those, you know, those markets can be your Pittsburgh, Cleveland, St. Louis, Detroit, uh, just to just name a few, Kansas City, Baltimore, uh, where home prices, and I'm talking the median home prices now, are significantly lower. So if we look at rising rates, and irrespective of whether you put down 10% or 20%, uh, let's say we have, just for argument's sake, a 5% 30-year mortgage uh, rate today. If it went up a half a percentage point or 50%, or, fi- or 50 basis points, uh, 
in some of these markets, the incremental monthly payment as a percentage of median family income would be anywhere from 2 to 3% or even maybe a little bit less, whereas if you compare it to some of these much more uh, expensive markets, those numbers would be anywhere from 7 to 10% higher. So, you know, obviously on a relative basis, but again, once again, we do need to bring in the level of income in some of these markets might be a little bit lower. But net-net, uh, the lower the home price, all else being equal, it's going to be, I guess, a more benign impact or a less, a less worse, one of my favorite Wall Street phrases. You do mention within the publication that a silver lining of rising rates might be the slowing in the rate of the home price appreciation, also known as HPA. So, John, how is that a positive for the long-term health of the housing market? And this may sound a little bit of an anathema to people who own homes and have, 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 have wildly benefited from uh, the significant increase in, in homeowners' equity that they have, which is obviously very good for household balance sheets. But when you have a situation where uh, especially a market that is so important to the overall economy, and for most of us, our single largest asset, to have a market that is running as high as it is, is ultimately unhealthy. Now, I want to be clear, because a lot of people have tried to draw a parallel between today's market and the pre-housing bubble. Uh, We are not calling for that. There are some very significant differences between uh, the pre-bubble period and today. Uh, Number one, the quality of underwriting is better. Number two, the behavior of buyers and lenders is better. Uh, But most importantly, in our view, number three, that uh, there's a complete dearth of available inventory uh, for sale, which is very, very different uh, from uh, the prior cycle. Uh, Home builders, uh, both public and private, are behaving much more responsibly, are being much more thoughtful about how they build. But nonetheless, I mean, so while that has contributed, certainly, to uh, the run-up in prices, uh, we need a market where you're seeing a kind of more uh, a more normalized rate of home price appreciation now, over the very, very long term. Uh, that home price appreciation on a nominal basis has been around 3%. Now, clearly, in our view, given the supply-demand fundamentals right now, or I should say the demand-supply fundamentals, the number is likely to be elevated from long-term averages. But, you know, the numbers we're seeing depends on which index you look at. Anywhere from 18 to 20% annualized increases, in our view, are not sustainable. So we think ultimately it will be more healthy for the market to see that rate of price appreciation start to decline. And for those of you who remember your calculus, that's called the negative second derivative. Uh, now, I have been asked the question, can we see outright price declines? In some markets, it's certainly possible. Some markets that have seen absolutely massive price appreciation. It wouldn't be shocking to see you know, some price declines, but we want to be clear. In our view, this is a very, very different scenario from what we saw in t- in, in the pre-bubble period, you know, 2003 to, say, 2007. Uh, now, we're always at risk for a policy mistake, either at the state or federal level. But, you know, with the, with the upcoming, um, upcoming midterm elections, uh, we understand that everyone in Washington is going to be very thoughtful about not, trying not to upset the apple cart any more than it's already been upset with inflation and, 
and everything else that's going on. John, it was a fascinating conversation. Thank you very much for sharing the analysis. The topic of inflation, of course, one that hits home for many of us. So thank you again for dropping by, John, and looking forward to picking back up with our housing conversation at some point. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Dan, and and have a good day, everybody. Thank you, John. You as well. And again, today we've been joined by John Wallachian, Real Estate and Lodging Analyst Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. As a reminder to our clients and our listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located on UBS.com forward slash CIO, including the publication which John has been making reference to during our conversation this morning, uh, that being real estate markets, U.S. housing market, interest rates, and inflation, oh my. So for clients of UBS, please be sure to contact your financial advisor if you would like to learn more or receive a copy of this publication directly. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.